Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You join in the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for that's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot. And in the last podcast, we spoke about the next run of games and we said that seven and nine points has to be the results that we need and the points that we need for it to be a successful period. And to pull Millsborough out of the little relegation fight that we're in, however, in the last two games, Millsborough have drew away at the DW Stadium against Wigan then lost against Luton Town um, yesterday, registering zero shots on target and making Luton win for the first time um, away from home after 13 league games after losing the previous 12. Um, but Dana, I'm going to start off with you. I want to chat about Wigan first. Um, I think we should probably start there <laughs> and then delve deeper and get more angry at the result yesterday. Um, but Mills withdrew 2-2 um, at the DW. I'm going to say, do Millsborough deserve the draw? Should they really be winning the game after you know the red card and stuff like that? Yeah, we should be winning the game. I mean, when you when you've got the man advantage against Wigan, who you know, without being disrespectful, they are where they are for a reason. They lack the quality, which mm. is why they find themselves in the position that they are. You know, it's not me being you know thinking that mills were you know a, a massive club that should be beating the, this you know these teams those teams but we should be beating those teams because they severely lack that quality which is why they're struggling at the bottom um in the bottom three and i mean just the fact that we again we've shot ourselves in the foot we've done that many times this season it's just not good enough and i don't know what our game plan was against wigan it was just pass 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 and and what for mm. but like you know you can probe all you want but the fact that we we played with a narrow, I think it was a four three three. It was you know it was a narrow formation. We had absolutely no outlet out wide, so we were playing centrally, and they were just soaking up all the pressure. And it was easy for them in the end to do that because the only threat that we had was was Lewis Wing from long shots, mm. wing uh, wind assisted, long shots. So. <laughs> It, yeah. was, it wasn't particularly great. Um, the duo well, of wing and wing and wind, yeah. <laughs> casual wingy wind. By the <laughs> um, but else, I, I want to touch on what Dana just said there and um, the change in formation as well. We had a lot of questions midweek um, regarding the formation change, and Mills were reverting to a, a four at the back with Jed Spence moving at the bench. Um, I think he played that previous game as well against Brentford. Um, but the four at the back, 
Were you surprised by the change again and, and Middlesbrough sticking to a four at the back? Um, Baron, okay, appreciate that one of the best performances of the season. We did play four at the back away at West Brom. We we played pretty much the best we've played all season. Um, but against Brentford and against Wigan, Wigan tend to play five at the back um, with wing backs as well and trying to get you on the counter attack. Um, but were you surprised the way the way we set up in the, in the way that we were very narrow and we tried to play through them when really we should have been utilising our strengths like more on the width? Yeah, I feel like we stumbled upon um, the five at the back formation um, when we had to, when we had a, a lack of options, Dawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I'm taking a sip of my coffee and he's spat all over the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the, the worrying thing. I think ideally he does want to play 4 3 3 because that's what he started with. But, you know, wait until, wait until you've got the players in to do it. All right, we, we've had a few incomings. Um, in the January window, but I, I don't think they necessarily plug the gaps to play the four three three that he wants to play. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't get the point in chopping and changing formation so much. I'm surely by this point, um, we had started to find a bit of a winning formula. Okay, maybe change it up if you think, um, like you said for West Brom, if you think um, for the opposition on the day, uh, you might need to to have a different perspective on it. You, you, you know, you might need to change it for the back, but more often than not, make make the other teams work to your formation instead of changing it to suit the team you're playing. You know what I mean? It's kind of, you need to, we know what our strengths are. Um, In the games that Jed Spence has played, we have performed much better. Uh, Maybe maybe not yesterday, but, um, you know, we've played a lot better. We've got a better win percentage when he plays. Um, And I just think that is the pace, Coulson and and Spence, so utilise that. It was a bit strange to see us go back to different formations even yesterday we switched back to five at the back but then it was five three two it wasn't the five two two one it was there was no link between midfield and attack um so it's just a bit baffling really from from a tactical side mm-hmm. yeah and, and I, i'm i'm gonna touch on Luton in a second because there's a lot to to talk about um i mean i can't believe we remembered most of the game but i think i sobered up watching that whole 90 minutes um that's what you said wasn't it uh, it yeah. was it was pretty rough as soon as i seen you on the red wine early i was like oh god it's gonna be a big one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yeah I, I had to drown my sorrows in the end so um you, you didn't drink your your last drink because you left so i had had yours as well um, yeah, it, was, it was pretty much done it was just was it just the water no they, they no, brought yeah. they brought you a new one what a so, new gin uh, a pint a pint so i had that as well um <laughs> Kindly got offered was that. So another Moretti of, as well. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So I, I was, I I was full on drowning my sorrows <laughs> before we left. So yeah, fair enough. Um, but to, keeping on Wigan, um, appreciate that in the first half we were unlucky not to go ahead. I thought um, Fletcher was on side for the goal. Um, I thought he was actually. I I'm think, not gonna lie, I didn't see it. It was the one time that I looked away from the screen so, and I didn't see it. Yeah, he's on side. Um, I think it's it's a good ball across and he he slots it in. He's he's. If anything, he's behind the ball and he runs onto it and knocks it in. So it's, it's Phil Fletcher should be on about fourteen goals yeah, this season. I know, he? but he, just, <laughs> he keeps getting uh, well, screwed over, really, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and then the, in, within the game as well, um, if, when that got chalked out, uh, the game completely changed for me. I thought Wigan were the much better side um, throughout. Um, I thought the red cards was very fortunate for us as well, and obviously the red card itself was two yellows. Um, I was, probably going to, I was going to ask you really what you thought about it, but one was dissent and one was... It's a soft foul, but he has to give it for the way he's stamped down, um, I think. But with them going down to 10 men, Middlesbrough had to get in the game more, dominate the ball, the ball more and push bodies forward because he had the extra man. But I thought Wigan were just solid. I thought we just didn't look interested. Not, not look interested, but we looked lack of ideas. Wing did well to, to win, essentially nearly win us the game. Um, but then I think he's at fault for the the final goal as well um so my next question would be was McCoody at fault for the own goal dinner um now if you watch the goal back um you'll see something a little bit different so I'm gonna ask you have you seen it but Mm, do you think do you think McCoody is at fault or do you think that Lewis Swing and Dale Fry or Dale Fly have uh have something to say about it I don't think Fry does no I think the, the thing that I take an issue with is down the wing with the overlapping fullback. I think wing, we've mentioned before that defensively he's not the strongest, and and it showed in that in that passage of play. It was just the fact that like Coulson has to do two two jobs at once because you know there's no help from wing. 
he, he gets close to, I think it was Kiefer Moore, but he, he doesn't really attempt to tackle him. He doesn't attempt to try and get the ball off him before it's eventually passed on to the full-back. And um, McCoody has to go for it. He has mm. to, otherwise there's a there's a man there to, you know, to head home. Um, he should have gone with his left foot, but <laughs> some finish. Some yeah. finish, to be fair. Superb header. But I don't think Fry... I think it's harsh to um, to criticise Fry in that, um, and as well as, as McCoody as well, because he he had to go for that, he had to clear it somehow, and unfortunately he just got it all wrong. But the issue that I take with, with that goal is the fact that you know we didn't stop, stop the cross and, and Coulson wasn't helped by any of the midfielders. And the first goal as well, you know, we made Sam Morsey look like more Salah, the way that he just drifted into the midfield. And mm. well, I'd say drifted into the midfield, bless you. Apologies. Yeah. There was no midfield there. Like I, I, I stopped it um, when he gets the ball. I think he does Paddy McNair. He cuts back inside and then just, you know, he, he lets a shot in. Uh, but there's just no midfielders around him at all. And, and you'll see it for the, when, when we talk about Luton as well. Completely open in midfield. So I'm going to talk about Luton now. Good about time you mentioned Luton again. <laughs> um, so let's break Luton down. Because um, there's enough about Wigan, <laughs> I'm not just, I was already sick as a chip um, after that, but let's get some stats on the go, I know I mentioned at the start, but Luton lost 12 uh, away games in a row, um, yesterday's win was the first time they won a back-to-back um, this season, um, they've scored 60, they've conceded 66 goals this season, This the, the highest in the top four divisions. Um and the seven shot Mills had seven shots on tar- seven shots yesterday with zero on target. Uh, Middlesbrough are now without a win since New Year's Day, um, and the defeat yesterday made we'll get. I know I tweeted last night it was the worst win rate in Middlesbrough's history. If you t- if you count Middlesbrough's history from 1986 onwards, it's definitely the lowest by a country mile. Um, but uh, who was the name? I've got it. Um, can we? Oh, who did I say? Oh, the, um, oh, who was it? It was, it was the second, Woodgate has the second worst um, win ratio of uh, Millsbury managers. Yeah, so Bobby Murdoch was the Bobby worst, um, it was in 1981, it's 16%. Jonathan Woodgate is the second lowest on 22%, so that's eight wins in 36 um, in all competitions, and Millsbury are one, still one of the lowest in the league, um, and essentially it's a bit worrying. Um, but Dana, yesterday, I want to start off before the game, um, when we were sat in the lovely da- uh, executive box, um, with our hospitality with 32 red. Yeah, look, love that. Can't beat a bit of that. Can't beat a bit of that. I was enjoying the pints before the game, like, but um, always the worst part of, of the day, the, the yeah. actual game, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was the game. That yeah, I was going to say, if we had to just go to that normally, um, it would have been a really, really bad day. It was like <laughs> the only consolation from yesterday is, is that we sort of had the we had the luxury, the luxury. Yeah. So thanks for 32 red for that. But when we seen the team sheet. Um, I looked a bit concerned straight away. Um, but Dana, you've seen the midfield three um, of Savile, Wing, and McNair. Did that show alarm bells straight away for you? Because it yeah. looked like, th- for me, George Savile's an attacking midfielder, McNair's an attacking midfielder, Lewis Wing is an attacking midfielder as well. You've got three play- very similar players trying to play different like different tactics within a game yeah. and leave Mills were open so were you a little bit worried when you're seeing the lineup in general yeah exactly because Nemecha of that as well. yeah Nemecha hasn't has impressed me at all I don't know how he how he lasted 90 minutes yesterday but yeah I, I highlighted it a few games ago about Boroughs midfield they all have the urge to go forward which is is normal I mean I know that that Paddy McNair came through as a defender but he's, he's very much an attacking midfielder now so their first instinct is to get forward and you can see how exposed it's leaving us defensively. And I know every time Adam Clayton's name is mentioned, it's it's met with a deep sigh, but he is needed in that midfield. You put Clayton in that holding role and let Wing or Savile or Housen or McNair or whoever it is do their thing. Because, you know, to have three midfielders, like you said, you know, very similar, we might be okay going forward, but defensively, like that goal yesterday... I was watching it. Wing completely left Ryan Tunnicliffe. Didn't have a clue. McNair is nowhere to be seen. I think Savile's really heading. I don't know where he's going. He's going into the box, but he's not going towards anybody. Mm-hmm. He's just going into a direction. And George Friend was looking at Adoma. <laughs> that tweet from Tom Muldowney was the best thing through that game. Honestly, it made me howl. But 
yeah, the midfield is, is a massive issue. Um, that and, and the wide areas as well. Um, but that midfield needs changing ASAP because it does not work. So what else? I've just, I was gonna say, I've say. just looked at the average positions there, um, and it's just a mess of where people mm. were supposed to be positioned. That, exactly. That there's that. no one in the the right places. So Paddy McNair is pretty much playing up front on this he's like in line with Fletcher and and Nemecha um Spence is pretty much in line with them as well so it's, it looks as though we're playing a 3-1-2-4 from this average formation and it's just like because it's it's it, it's it was so disjointed from the start Savile's playing um Savile's got a more deeper position on this compared to Wing when Wing's meant to be playing as more of the the center one who's meant to sit back and sort of spray balls left and right um, but he he was further forward than that. So yeah, like you say, I, I do agree with you. I think um, I think Clayton in that midfield um, would benefit us a lot. Um, and then having um, even if you switch to a five-two-two-one um, and you have him sat with wing by his side, um, and then you have creative midfielders in behind. A, a screenshot, um, something from Woodgate's um, after-match press conference yesterday. Um, he said. Uh, uh, we didn't create enough chance. No, we, we, we. I just wanted to get more forwards on the pitch and try and win the game. I thought that was really important, but we didn't create chances for them. And, and the most craziest thing about that is you had two creative number ten sat on the bench, yes. and you decided to bring on two strikers instead. Well, as soon as Rudy came on for Jed Spence, I was like, "Oh, here we go again. We're going top heavy. We're just going to bung a load of strikers on like Gary Monk used to, and just hope for the best." And it's just it doesn't work. Hey, Gary Monk, second highest win, win rate percentage of any Middlesbrough manager. That was, that was crazy that when, I, when you yeah. said that. But like, that game yesterday, honestly, I can't believe what I was watching. It looked like we were the the, the side second from bottom. There was just no creativity, no idea, no mm. desire, no commitment. It was embarrassing. It's just tactically inept to just think that yeah. throwing strikers on. Is going to solve the problem. Okay, you could maybe sit and say, okay, we're going to go direct and use Rudy as a, a target man then to win flick-ons for, for Britain and whoever else. But he, he can't do that role either. I don't know what <laughs> role he can do. He's just a terrible footballer. So, uh, <laughs> he is. so I just think, okay, so if that's what you were going for, then you don't come out in your after-match press conference and say, oh, but we didn't create chances for them. Well, yes, because you should have brought Ravel Morrison on our tab. Mm. And I thought to, he, to then feed them the chances, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we like. I think I said it. Uh, I asked you, I was like, who's the standout performer? And I don't think we could really come up with anybody. And I think that Coulson got like the Gazette's three stars, mm. and that's probably only because he had that one burst in the box late on in the game, and that's how dismal it was that that one measly run into the area can make it, you I, the I best thought, performer. And I thought he even had a, a poor game as well. The amount of times he the ball went out of play because he couldn't control it or oh, he was man, sort of, of overjudging times, it. The amount of times um, we fizzed the ball. Yeah. Like, you know on FIFA where you just accidentally press the B button too hard? Yeah. Well, we were pressing the X button far too hard because it was just like the amount of times that we just fizz the ball in the area with far too much power on it and, and pacing it. It's like, well, what the hell do you expect? Like, yeah, nobody's yeah. the flash. <laughs> Even a dad yeah. won't get that get on the, in the end of that cross. Like, oh, it was ridiculous. I know the wind obviously did. And I know the wind did play a part, but there was a lot of individual poor performances out there. Where people just couldn't make simple passes and just, like you say, just yeah. hitting and hoping. But um, and it was just yeah, yeah, it, that, that really, was it really, well. really poor to watch. Um, our, our passing was was horrendous. I don't think we could really string four or five passes together without without losing it, it was no, just... we, we kept losing it as well in our own half and we were saying obviously um Luton were playing high press um yeah. and being quite aggressive to win the ball back and, and we were trying to play out from the back and you could see um i mentioned it to you yesterday mccurdy was obviously looking for the options and, and like you say the midfield just looked lost he was <laughs> trying to point wing to get in position um it was just kind of like what are we trying to play here um when we did have our best spell in the season anyway I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not kind of um, too bothered what type of style we, we play, but we just need to have one and, and stick to it and build the identity. But when we were, we were actually playing quite direct. We were playing balls over the top. And that's where we were finding luck with. Ashley Fletcher was sort of running off the last man and, and we, he was getting in behind. Um, but we've seemed to not go with that strategy anymore. So I don't know what, what we're trying to do. I don't know if every week would you just turning up and training and well, we'll try something different this week, lads, and Tom just Bowler, just pick something out and Yeah, exactly, yeah. So with, with all that in mind, um 
there's quite a few things I've picked up. So I, when you were chatting, you probably looked at me and said, why is he jotting down loads of stuff? <laughs> um, so there was quite a few things that I picked up on yesterday um, and I'll come in with and relate back to you guys as well. Um, so it was interesting that you mentioned the general positions of each player. Um, so I picked on that on yes- yesterday um, and I also watched the Liverpool game last night. Um, and I was also about like lines, uh, like defensive lines, midfield lines and forward lines. If you watch Middlesbrough's standard positions and also the way we play, the gap between the defence and the midfield was quite high, but also the position between the the midfield and the striker was pretty much non-existent because everyone was leaning forward. When you ha- when that happens, you are very prone to a counter-attack very quickly, but also you won't be able to create much because most of your players are trying... <laughs> Most of your players are trying to get in the box, but you've got no wing play because everyone's trying to bombard each other. Um, but also with that, your possession's poor. Um, you, even though, like you were saying there, like we couldn't pass wind and we were getting out of ball, we are pretty much launching out of play. Um, the reason why we were probably doing that, it wasn't just because of the wind, it was more or less because players were hiding behind the Luton players because they were so far out of position, they were trying to bomb forward. For me, you've got to be very disciplined in where you position uh, playing. If you're playing a 3 one 4 2, um, your wing backs really that they are your outlet, but also with that as well, when you're defending, you've got to play a flat five and bump up and down. Like you've got Colson and Spence, they're perfect for that, but we aren't utilizing as much because we're trying to bombard them so much. If one goes forward, one stays back, it's just as simple as that for me. Um, because it, it does stop you from the counter attack, but also if you have that. And if you play Adam Clayton in there, Clayton can fill in whilst your full-backs go forward. That's what um, I just want to see. But I want to see Clayton because I think he's, he would be perfect in that. It has happened, and I think I feel sorry for Adam Clayton a little bit. I think he's got he's had mm. a lot he's had a lot of stick this year, and, I, and yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he's the player that he was under the Karanka era. Um, I thought him and Ledbetter in those days were absolutely tremendous, um, and they really were the the rock of Middlesbrough's promotion team. And you can say what you want about Gaston Ramirez and Adorma, Suwani's goal, but the role of Clayton and Ledbetter was fundamental to Borough's success because it allowed the fullbacks to get forward, but also allowed the forwards to stay forward. Um, at the minute, we just don't have that balance right. And with Woodgate, um, when you were saying there, Els, about we're going to try something different each week. I remember an interview with Rio Ferdinand and he says about when David Moyes took over and how he fundamentally changed the belief of the Manchester United dressing room where he'd focus more on the position rather than his actual team. That, for me, is like that defeated mentality, really. I think for what you need to do is you need to focus on what you do and what you do well. Um, Because there's a stat now I'm going to pull up um, where I feel like Millsborough have been... You can pretty much read how to play Middlesbrough and probably beat us. Um, so in the in the last two games, we had fifty eight possession, fifty eight possession against Luton, sixty three percent against Wigan. Um, and with that in mind, when Middlesbrough have lost most games this season, obviously bad the Fulham game and Brentford and a couple more. But when we've lost games this season and when we drew games, we've had more possession of the football. Now for me, we're actually a counter attackive team, and when you see the stats of and um, the lost pass to goal ratio, we're pretty much second or third in the league for that because that's what we're good at. We're meant to be getting forward and breaking. For now, teams are just going to sit deep and just be like, go on then, try and break us down. But that's we what can't. Wigan did. That's exactly yeah. what Wigan did, and we had Borough no won't clue. Break them down. Borough won't break them down. Um, it was poor. But with that in mind, else, how much did Woodgate get it wrong yesterday? Because going a 4 2 4 for me was was pretty bewildering when you've got the likes of Rabba Morrison who can oh I thought you know against Wigan I thought he played quite well you know he was trying to get forward he was turning around looking for options and no one was really moving for him um, you have Tav there who's been playing really well this season you had Johnson as well like even Johnson could have been the substitution yesterday um, so how much did Woodgate get wrong in your opinion? Uh, pretty, pretty much most of it really um, as I said there you know we were we were struggling in midfield. The midfield looked clueless. They were all trying to do the same thing, and then you then you take one of them off, um, and so we're even more overpowered in midfield. Um, and it was kind of you're asking wing then to be in a, a midfield two and contribute defensively. It's it's just not going to work. Um, it was yeah, it was just very very weird. But when when we seen that change happen for Gaste coming on for Spence, we were like, right, what is going on here? And then when we finally worked out what had happened, I was like, right, why? Are, why is Lewis Demetra and Ashley Fletcher playing on the on the wings? What what are we trying to do here? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Fletcher's not a winger. Fletcher's yeah. not a winger. He, he tries. I can understand why you, you could potentially play him on the wing because he's he's quite a direct forward. You'll try and run him behind and stay on the last man. 
Um, but uh, playing right wing, man, come on! Like I've I've never don't think I've ever seen Ashley Fletcher score from the right wing. You know what I mean? So like he's very underutilized. I've never seen him knock a decent ball over either. It's so a, it's maybe thing, I mean, was a sub. It's just, it's just overcomplicating it, isn't it? It's um, overcomplicating what can be a simple game. I mean, obviously we don't sit and work with the players day in day out to maybe see something different in what they can do on the training pitch. But it's obviously not working out there when when it really matters um and there's been you know evidence to suggest it all season um and when we have played better not right barring the, the four at the back against West Brom um we've played better when we've had a back five and I thought that's what we were going to try and stick with you know if you want to go back to a 4-3-3 next season then then I'll be it then get the right players in in the summer and do that but for now we, we, as you said there our strengths lie in those wing backs um, and what did you say second or third in the league from sort of breakaway goals um, you know just, just try to do that um, try and play your own way instead of adapting like you said to the to the other team first because you're already saying pretty much it's like right, we're going to play this today because that's how they play and we need to count what they're going to do it's kind of go out there and play and make, make the other team think instead we're trying to just play it in the other team's hands so yeah um just, I can't really think of a, a positive from yesterday. So, <laughs> was it? Would you say it was the worst performance of the season, Dana? Comfortably? Yes, I think just because it was. <laughs> again, I don't want to be disrespectful, but the fact that it was Luton and they had, you know, they have such a terrible away record. Um, the Leeds game was bad, but you know, top quality team. Sheffield Wednesday that's the was thing, bad with, with but... Luton as well. They weren't even that good. That's what's yeah. I think's more frustrating. They yeah. they only had one shot on target as well and scored yeah. it. So it was I mean just... they they had a good press initially, which we mm. you know, we we were passing it around and playing it into their hands basically. But yeah, I mean for me that, that has to be along with Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday and probably Birmingham away as well, that was pretty bad. <laughs> but, you know, just the fact that like like you said at the at the top of the podcast, like we looked at these next three games and thought, right, minimum seven points, and we've only got one from them, and and that is is completely unacceptable. And yeah, something something has to change. I mean, you mentioned it yesterday, Elliot, that that we were promising when we had those two number tens in in Roberts and Tav. Um, that seemed to be going well un, until his injury, and I, I just feel as though we are desperately missing Roberts. At the moment, you know, it, it's that just that option to cut through midfield and and link the you know Savile and and Clayton as it was then um, to the the forward line. And it, I mean, we are really struggling in in midfield at the moment. There's no question of it. I just hope that that Woodgate sees the the past few games and, and just doesn't throw on a load of forwards again because it doesn't work. And that's the thing. I, I thought with signing Ravel Morrison, he was going to be a, a direct replacement for Roberts getting yeah. injured. So then it just didn't make sense to then not stick with that. Um, everyone could kind of see that the change in in how good it was working. Um, and obviously, even though um, I think Roberts was much better than Tav in those games, Tav was still playing very well um, in that system. So, you know, Ravel Morrison is one of those as well where if you can, you know, harness at least 50% of his talent, he has got it um, in those positions. So, yeah, let's just kind of hope we, we kind of try that next game and mm. I know that again it's maybe changing up again but um, I think that was working best for us and I think what we were crying out for yesterday but we went the complete opposite route um, I don't know whether it was a mentality of um, you know Woodgate can then come out and say oh well, well we tried we, we put four strikers on that doesn't mean you've tried because you put four strikers yeah. on it's just kind of you know, the only time that's going to work is against our Bucharest in the UEFA Cup final say that, yeah. um, and you need, you need four actual good strikers <laughs> uh not Rudy Gusted. So well, they were all on top of each other. And it was like that chance yesterday. I think it was, it was Brit at the end. It was Brit, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't get the shout from from Rudy to leave it. And it's it's like, well, what do you expect when you've got two two strikers in the box and then you know another two not far behind them? Like you, you're gonna have that that clash. And yeah, I mean, I've tried to defend Woodgate this season, but I, there's no getting away from how bad that was. You know, his decision making was completely inept yesterday. Um, just bypassed the the importance of the of the midfield, which was, I mean, the fact that that Morrison or Tav didn't get on is is ridiculous to me. I'm assuming, obviously, when they do sit down and um, look back at the footage, but they can just look back at a number of the games this season, and it, it's been 
very very similar um, in the in the poorer displays. Like you said about um, sort of defensive units, midfield units, and attacking units, you can clearly see the issue. Um, I mean, I've just looked at who scored and, and seen that um, on the average positions, so it's, it's kind of not that hard to do. So you, then you need to work on making it clear and defined. Um, have a disciplined team at the moment. It's just just all over the place. So really. what do, what do you think needs to change then? Um, ben Strickland um, sent us a tweet in about having potentially two up front um, and essentially like ruined it and rather than, would you rather play a 3-4-3? Three, three? Um, would you essentially change formations? Would you look at personnel? Does we'll get any to go? There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. I mean, like I'll come we'll get out in a second because let's talk to my phone it's still going um i went to, i went to bed last night i was like ah like i, just, I turned my phone off after i tweeted it and then um i just woke up this morning and i was like huh. <laughs> <laughs> it did spark quite a I debate didn't spark it quite a debate yeah um but we'll chat we'll get out in a second but is two up front really working elliot is that something we need to look at and um, what do you think needs to change or it's obviously it's loads if puts and maybes but you've got to have a what would you, what would you do in, to change it? I'd go back to um, the, this formation we were, were playing when we got Roberts in. Um, mm. You know, whatever you, you want to call it, with the numbers it's like a five three, four, indirect five, three, four, almost three. like five two two one, pretty much. I think it gives you the the best balance. Then, so you've got not only the wing backs who are an outlet, but you've got those two number tens behind the striker who are really hard to mark out of the game because then you're asking. Um, the other team to decide whether they're going to pull defenders forward to mark them or ask midfielders to drop back to mark them because they're in those pockets of space where you know you, the opposition doesn't know who quite has to look after them um, and then if you're pulling people out of positions even if it might look as though they're not doing an awful lot you might think oh you know Ravel Morrison hasn't really influenced the game but by simply dragging people out of positions yeah, movement, it can allow yeah. Coulson and, and Spence to get in behind um, and then you know that can then once they're getting behind, they can play uh, across into to Fletcher and Tav if um, if he's got himself into the box for it. Um, and it, it's just it's working in those units and it's creating little triangles all over the pitch um, to do it. So I think that's what we should definitely go back to. Um, you know, it, it might not work in in every game because, as like I said, different teams play different ways and formations. Um, but you know, I think it, it suits not only playing away from home because you think you would think of it as kind of a, an almost a counter-attacking strategy but like as you mentioned it is our strength strength so I think we should play it you know at home as well um you know there's no point kind of saying we'll do it against certain teams um and not do it against others because as you've seen this season we've we've beat and done well against teams who are in the top six and then we've you know played as we have against teams like um you know, Luton it's and always Wigan been the same with Borough, though. So Borough have always thrilled against the lesser teams and played well against the bigger teams. Yeah. Always, yeah. <laughs> um, and then maybe it is uh, another thing what we were mentioning yesterday and about um, motivation. Did did the, or are the Borough players, um, you know, thinking they were safe when they were ten points out of it? Um, whereas it's a different mentality for the teams like Barnsley and Wigan and Luton, where they still are now. They're still, I think, four or five points um, from safety um so to them you know every game is a, is a cup final pretty much and um, we've seen Barnsley win 3-0 away at Fulham so um yeah but I still think even if even if it is down to that um the players have, have got to go out there and it's I don't think it's a case that they're not motivated I think it, it could be but I think more more of it is to do with the tactics so I think um that's where what's what we need to get right I think um they need to sit down and do a deeper level analysis on it. I don't know what is actually going on. We said this at the start of the season anyway when we when we were saying about how come nobody doesn't sit at the top of the West Stand and watch it. We know that probably one of the best views in the stadium. Why is no one watching from a bird's eye view almost and, and seeing the um the issues that are clearly going on. Um yeah. I, I mean I don't know if Robbie Keane or, or someone might be but he maybe looks like Danny Danny Coyne has like a head head piece in now. Yeah. When he uh, when he coaches so could be someone up there, but you you just obviously we, we don't fully know the, the ins and outs. They're probably sit on the east stand, uh, if anything, they were to actually do something very similar to that. Yeah. Um but Dana, the four wins in a row over Christmas, was that essentially the blip? Because for me, I don't think we've played well 
pretty much majority of the season and um, the four wins prior to the four wins in a row. Again, I, d- I didn't think we were really that good. We just tended to scrape through and got the wins when we needed to. Um, so really, is, is it, have we been really poor this season? Just to put it bluntly, because when I've seen us for the majority of the season, we haven't really stood out apart from the, the four games that we won. So is the four games an actual blip? I mean, <laughs> when you, when you look at the course of the season, yeah, probably, because we haven't been great um, across the whole of it. I just I just don't know what, what has gone wrong. Um, was it the change in, you know, in, in tactics, in, in shape? You know, because I would, I would have hoped that after January we would have kicked on and, you know, so many games, like I've mentioned, that, that we should have won and we've just... We've we've let it slip and it's not good enough, you know. The I'll mention it again to add to it: the Derby game, Blackburn, maybe even Birmingham. Although I probably think that that was a, a fair result against Birmingham, but should have beat Wigan, should have beat Luton. It's just it's not good enough to, and, and I can't excuse it anymore. I mean, I I firmly thought that with that run of of games where we were top of the form table, that that would be it. That was you know the the tide changing in Borough's favour, but. We've we seem to have taken a few steps forward and then so many back, and I don't know like I don't know what you can do from here. Like we have been drawn back into a relegation battle now, and and that's the simple truth. We've got some tough games coming up. You've got Barnsley that are battling for their lives. They've had a a, a brilliant three 0 win against Fulham, and then you've got two of the top six in Leeds and and Forest. And as much as Leeds have been faltering recently, obviously they won last night, uh, yesterday, but. They are a good team. They they tore us apart at Elland Road, and they will probably do the same at the Riverside. And it's and it's the same with Forest as well. They've got great quality, and I, I fear for us at the moment, given our form, because we can't see out games when we've got the lead or a good point. And defensively and in the midfield, we're really struggling. Mm. We had that little period of the season as well where we did seem to tighten up defensively as well. So I think that's one other thing because I think. As well as the midfield being disjointed, um, you know, somehow I mean, not yesterday, but you know, the two games prior to that, we somehow managed to score two goals in in each game. So I don't think that is an issue um, too much. We've had different periods of the season where obviously one where we couldn't score, <laughs> um, and then it started to get a bit better. But then we couldn't defend, and then that got a bit better, and we were keeping clean sheets. Um, I think we we've reverted back to type there with the with the defending um, in those games where we did scrape out the. What was all the one nil wins we were getting? I, I don't, I can't see us really doing that at the moment because the defending yesterday was was shocking. Um, I was saying if if Luton were a better team, if they had a lot more quality, there could have been two or three up at half time. They didn't even have clear cut chances. It was just kind of um, there was one particular moment they were running down the wing, and I thought they could have easily played in their striker a lot earlier. Um, and you know, a better team would have done that. Um, and you know, made us pay for our mistakes there. So, uh, yeah, I, there's a few things obviously that you can directly influence, I guess. Um, but it's it's going to come with with hard work. But um, obviously, the big change, I guess, is, is the next question you're going to ask about about Woodgate, really. But yeah. so I'm going to ask a bit something more shocking, uh, actually. Um, oh, Michael Dave's going to absolutely love this. Um, so <laughs> Danny Ayala um, hasn't played since Preston. And Millsborough haven't won a game since. Um, so is it a case of do Millsborough miss Danny Ayala or not? Um, look, you know my thoughts <laughs> on Danny Ayala. I got a tweet about saying I'm going to pack in about Danny uh, pack in and say I don't rate him. Look, it's like it's a it's an interesting stat, isn't it? Yeah, so do Millsborough miss him? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were we were talking yesterday and saying there's nobody out there on the pitch who can head the ball for Borough. <laughs> Everyone is either afraid to do so Makoudi or can. Makoudi, yeah, Makoudi. Sean, fine, well, like he can do it at Wigan. <laughs> <And> <laughs> All right, apart from Makoudi then. Um, but yeah, I mean, the strikers clearly don't. When we were playing balls over, they kind of wait for a second ball and try and run in behind, even though that never, ever works. Um, but yeah, defensively, um, you know, Ayala has his flaws. He's not a, he's not a ball-playing defender. But for, for games where it's going to be really scrappy and the team's going to be putting balls in the box, he is... He is adept at, at doing that in clearing the ball, in being very physical, winning headers. Um, that's what Danny Ayala is, and um, it's a good point that you mentioned. Actually, that they're not um, 
you know, being in the side since then and we haven't won. It's, it's you know, if you had everyone fit, you, you would want him in your team. Um, you know, and you, you could, and if Fry was fit, I'd probably go Fry, Makudi, and um, Ayala. You put Ayala as a central one. Um, the other two either side to to sort of um, step out of defence a bit and, and play out from the back. Um, I think that would would work very well. So, for a Palestinian, you need a Bruce. For the for in terms of Manchester, you know, one could one can uh, one's aggressive, one could play. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think need that as well. Um, but in terms of Ayala, I don't think we miss him that much. I think Makudi. Really? I think I think Makudi's the the better defender. Um, like I know it's mm. crazy that he's pretty, it's technically scored two one goals, really, isn't it? Because one at him and one it's not really his fault. But his standard play is is, is superb. Like he, yesterday, he got pulled apart a bit because of the way friend and. Um, how some are playing? Like, friend, friend was friend yeah. was poor. Yeah, um, he really was. He, he he thought he was playing left back but, still, didn't he? But so. to be fair, nothing got really past Makudi at all. Like he seems to be a brick. Um, I'm going to drop the other two words from that because you know that I said Dave, la- Dave and all that. Um, <laughs> so I think he's technically the better defender, but I think Ayala does bring that leadership quality. But next year, if if he goes, then it's like the same thing. Like, do you give him a contract if you? Well, how I would play it was like, so look, if you're not gonna sign a contract, then smell your letter. Like, what Ayala? Yeah, like look, mm. he's, he's on he's on high cash. Like, but it's an interesting start. Yeah, I do think we a miss few him weeks though. away as well. I think Boron miss him. I think Millsburg might miss his, like leadership qualities. Yeah, at present but, we miss him, Roberts, and Darius uh, Clayton. Because you know we need somebody to marshal that that midfield. It's, yeah. it's got no asshole really. That midfield. Yeah, Clay- Clayton. <laughs> Clayton, honestly, he needs to be there. To be honest, because for me, he does. He, well, I said it him even before January. Like, what Millsborough should be looking for is a defensive midfielder that will take over to Clayton, who's got the legs to play the system that we want to play. What mm. the Borough do? We sign top heavy players again. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just ah. It's like, weird that he wasn't <laughs> in the matchday squad when when we. Is it well? Is it the end of Adam Clayton now? I don't know because I don't know the if reason. If you're not why getting in the matchday squad, then well, that was the first time yeah. that he wasn't, wasn't it? But it might have been something like a, a little niggle. I don't think that would get said anything about yeah. it afterwards. But it was yeah. a strange one. Because yeah. like, because if you do go with you know multiple strikers up front, you've got to have that protection at the back. Otherwise, you're left exposed, and yeah. you know you're susceptible to to getting hit on the counter. So he's important. He, he really is important. That's I think. the thing. I think if you know, if we didn't have the the injury troubles we've had this season as well, um, if you're to pick a, a team now, um, I think we'd probably agree. Maybe a few in midfield you can kind of interchange. I don't think it matters too much. But mm. um, you know, I think we'd probably, if we were playing a, a you know five three two or the five two two one, we'd probably we'd probably have the wing backs in Spence um, and Coulson. We'd probably go. You probably would go Makudi Fry. Um, and Ayala, we probably could even put Housen in there as well, um, over one of them because uh, he, he he's kind of alright at playing out from the back as well. Um, you'd probably have Clayton. You can have someone either side of him, whether that be Savile or Wing. Yeah, it was Savile, wasn't um, it? I think. It, yeah. It, against Tottenham, he, you know, he scored that goal. I think in that period he was. He uh, was and doing Savile well. played the ball oh, over as well for um, for Fletcher in the in the home game yeah. as well. So, and then you'd probably look to to have Tavern. Um, either Roberts or it seems to me as though he's trying like Woodgate's trying to shoehorn Savile into like a Clayton-esque position like he's the the deepest of the three and I can see I can see why he's got a little bit of bite to his game yeah Um, a little bit of aggression I wouldn't say it was the bite I think with with Savile I think he does need like people say he shouldn't play Savile and Clayton together but with the games we've won Savile and Clayton have played together um, especially the West Brom game, I thought they were both superb. Um, I think with with Savile, he has the ability to get the ball down the deck and play out wide, which you do need. You need someone that's gonna who essentially cut the passing lines and and get the ball going. And you've got Clayton who will just break things up and help you start again. Um, if you're playing a four with three one, you've got pretty much the fundamentals there, but you need the pace to do it. We it's, the game's changing and becoming more relentless, and I think you need um, those type of players in there. But speaking of Woodgate, I know you said I was going to um, do it earlier, early, but I sent a curveball with the Danny Ayala question. Um, I'll probably tweet that as well. People are be like, what? Johnny, you've, you've changed your mind about Danny Ayala. Um, so I said it a couple of weeks ago. I've been saying just, it. Just rip the plaster off. Just ask it. Look, we'll get out, yes or no? 8-36, um, 22% win rate. Mills were the lowest scorers in the league. Losing to Luton. Haven't think things haven't improved. I've got my opinion on it. You're gonna probably be surprised, but we'll uh, we'll get out yes or no. 
Um, no, and I don't think it's for the fact that I particularly um, am an advocate of Woodgate. It's more a case of it, it would be, and it's what I say all the time, it, it would just be stupidity because um, what is it really going to prove or change at this point of the season? There's, you could bring out our home. <laughs> I don't think that that'll happen. Could bring him um, home. No, I don't want that. Shippers. I don't highest, want that block the anywhere near the club. Win rate ever. Most toxic manager. manager ever. I don't, Mo- I don't honestly, care. we were talking about it on Twitter. I love him. The amount of players that he's fallen out with ridiculous. I don't care. Not in Forest. The amount of players he fell out with ridiculous. Toxic. He's the manager. Most successful for a manager, reason. but most toxic manager. No, no, thank you. Nah. Bring him home. I'm kind of it. I'm kind of in the. I'm kind of it. I'm kind of I'm going for a bite there, in I'm in the corner triggered. Yeah, you're real me. I, again, as I always do, sit on the fence. On the same thing. You love sitting on the fence. The voice of reason. And you love saying it's one of them. I do. Just one of them, innit? Yeah. I have. Notice this. I have consistencies, don't I? I am. Yeah, I've got lots of options, Don, but I don't. I don't stick to one firmly. But no, I just think it would be stupid to to do so um i kind of believe more in the the project look it doesn't even have to be woodgate essentially in that role i I just think i believe in the the thing of not just hiring and firing managers um based on the results i think you need to try and build something long term um you know ideally i wouldn't have went with woodgate in the summer anyway but we, we are where we are with it now it's kind of we might as well see it through um Although the game was very poor yesterday and kind of not on the trajectory we thought we were going to go on, okay, we were getting beat by teams we'd expect to get beat by in the Fulham game. We maybe drew against mid-table teams, Birmingham and Blackburn. Um, but, you know, then it was kind of, you know, we should should have been winning these last two. Um, you know, you got to think, if we can scrape some wins together, stay up, um, and then, again, um, have a good summer transfer window... Um, stick to one way of playing alright you can have a bland B or whatever you can have differences if injuries and stuff crop up um, but build an identity instead of chopping and changing and, and being so disjointed and playing poorly overall and, and getting the basics completely wrong um, I think there's much more you can do um, from just <laughs> putting that extra bit of working um, all over the club than just sacking, simply sacking a manager and getting, I don't know who we'd, we'd even get in. I don't think it'd change it that much, um, to be perfectly honest, because, uh, you know, I think still on paper, even though we're kind of saying we're missing certain players and, and um, they could kind of change it if we brought them in, I think still on paper, the team's still not that good enough. Um, I think it's only good enough to maybe finish mid-table. I don't, we're nowhere near good enough to get in the playoffs with this mm. team. Um, so... We could get we could get relegated. To be honest, that's, we could. That's, that's a brutal yeah, reality. It, it is it is a mathematical you know possibility that we could. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think if you if you sack the manager now, it's going to change anything. You get someone else in, and it doesn't pick up straight away. Then you're just going to get relegated with a new manager. And then he has to start again anyway, um, and he might not want more of the players that are here than than Johnny Woodgate does currently. So hmm. yeah, we'll get relegated. But Dana, yes or no? And. I'm no, no. Ask me, ask me next season. I think if in November or December we're struggling again, then I think massive, massive questions have to be asked. But at the moment, no. Okay. Well, my opinion is, I wouldn't sack Woodgate, but I would bring someone in to help him. Uh, me and Bobby were on about it. My friend Bobby were on about it this morning. Um, like bringing potential, like something very similar what to Middlesbrough did uh, under Brian Robson and bringing Terry, Terry Vanables. Um, Middlesbrough doing something very similar where. They couldn't defend for Toffee. Um, we were conceding goals left, right, and centre. We looked like we were certain to get relegated. Venables came in, and results changed. It was Brown about, oh, I think it was December or something. December, end of January or something, we came in. Um, and Middlesbrough's form just completely changed. It seemed like so winning 3 0 away at Arsenal in that season, um, which was absolutely unbelievable. Two on goals as well. Um, but Venables fundamentally changed the way Middlesbrough played. They made us more assertive and, and more compact and the lines between cent- the centre-back the midfield and the centre-forward was superb, he was very dis- well-disciplined and I think that's what Tony Pulis did very, very well, is he made Mills very disciplined in his positions and in, in, in possession, in and out of possession, that's where we, we were brilliant at and he's good at hammering the basics in um, football, I know how to play football it's very simple um, 
but do they know they, if, you, if you make start making things more technical than what they are there's sometimes players intelligence I mean. will get, you, get you, get, you get instructed don't you to do certain things and, yeah. and clearly what what they've been practicing and what they're getting asked to do um is not working and it's only worked in a, a handful of games um this season so i don't know why he hasn't then learnt from that experience and, and yeah. tried to stick with the, the things that did go well in in the games against Preston and, and West Brom and like you say it's not only that because if you you can never get the same sorry you go ahead and go all scientific but you can never get the same sort of test conditions to do that again can you because it's it's different opposi- opposition you've got different players in because obviously since then Ayala has been injured um, so you're never going to kind of be able to replicate the same performance but um you knew the way you played then you knew your way to set the team up um so why kind of change it so drastically um but mm. I, I do agree with you i think there's a lot more can be done um i thought you were going to come straight out and, and say so, woodgate out but you know it, but to it be is, fair, it is if i think if, if it was just woodgate staying um it's very very difficult to defend what he's what's happening um football is a results game business now um appreciate you have to build if you want to build dynasty in three or four years, then it's it's very rare now. But I think what Woodgate needs is is someone to come in to help. Um, I think the likes of Neil Warnock, um, not really peerless, but someone who's going to be complementary of the system that Woodgate wants to play, but also essentially sure things up and help him out. Like he's a rookie, and if he's your man going forward, then great. But also, if you do bring someone in, it's going to undermine Woodgate in the future. Um, so it it swings and roundabouts really, but I think I think you could do with a little bit of help. I think he needs just, like a director of football, interim, like someone first, who's going to yeah. come in as a coach, like a director of football, or like someone who's going to just help take the pressure off him day to day and advise more. Like I know a lot of managers that go to different clubs and they watch training sessions and stuff like that. Um, obviously, if you're Premier League and you go to another Premier League club, you probably won't do it. But like different divisions, different managers go to different division clubs and they just pick things up um but for me it's look if he loses again on saturday um it's going to be very toxic and it's hard to defend him because uh, it'll go down to pretty much 20 percent or something daft like that um but it's it's hard so, look it, you can't defend it for much longer unfortunately that's the brutal reality of it I want him to do well i want him to be successful i want us to have the identity that we've been crying out for and we want him to have um, I know Middlesbrough are doing this like you can be number 25 next season and stuff like don't, don't I'm going to be the next yeah, junior next, don't bother <laughs> um, like okay it's, I get it but it's like not really like you're not going to engage a fan by having the number 25 and uh, maybe going, doing a photo once in a while um, <laughs> when the players but is what it is um, I have a couple of questions really about the transfer window and Gibson as well um, but they're kind of merging them into one um the questions are from Arbor Riot again with question mark ironic and there's the other ones from Middlesbrough FC, FC it's not the actual from official borough I can't like it it'd be funny if it was um, it, one of the asset is January window not good enough as we thought and also is Gibson the blame for Middlesbrough's decline is he still interested um, I think Gibson's not as interested as he used to be but he's still investing in the club each year each like month and week um, but the January window as well. Um, Patrick Roberts can't really talk about because he's injured, but he was brilliant. I think McCoody's been a good signing. Um, Lucas Nemecha is the start. Mm. Yes, no. I'm angling towards no. I just okay. don't see. I just don't see it. I think he he reminds me of Alex Nimley. He's like the current day Alex Nimley. Alex Nimley okay. I'll, yeah, I, I yeah, I think Nemecha is probably be the most disappointing one. I think. Um, Ravel Morrison, we still can't really judge. He's only had yeah, one game. Out, yeah, um, yeah McCoody, early signs that he's, he's looking um, all right. We um, j- we've jinxed him, though, to be fair, from oh, last podcast. 100% I've jinxed him. Always yeah. do. Um, obviously, Patrick Roberts was looking um, really good before his injury. Um, and obviously, Stajanovic, we, we haven't seen either. Yeah, so um, hashtag so West Stajanovic. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he been on the bench? He's, uh, him and Gibson are out every night, I think. Um, they're just oh, yes. they're locked up in, uh, in, in Hareworth all day and then. <laughs> just like let free on a night and just roam the woods um but yeah uh i think on paper it kind of looked good um i think we we got kind of creative um and attacking players in i think is what we needed we got a defender in when we kind of badly needed it as well and um, obviously some people have started to come back now as well so it's maybe perhaps not as needed but if he, if he ends up being better than the current crop then you know that's fair enough 
Um, so I think it's been better than other transfer windows, but um, I still think there could have been other gaps we could have filled. If, if he wanted to go back to a, a four at the back and play a 4-3-3, then we would have needed um, we would have needed wingers, and we still don't have any wingers yeah, in the we squad. Don't. So I think if I was to rate them, I'd say Roberts has been good. Um, the jury's still out on on Morrison. I think McCoody's been okay. We obviously don't know anything about Stjanovic. Um and the match no. But you know. Yeah. Um we've got we've new players come from different countries. Sometimes they just need to bed him, but it's like he hasn't even been featured at all, so it's like a bit <laughs> you know. What um the Metro or Stjanovic? Uh, Stjanovic. Stjanovic, yeah. Yeah um, it's a bit like Nemecha's he's from Manchester, like I know he was at um <laughs> He was at Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg yeah. He didn't didn't get a look in there, did he? Mm-hmm. So let's move on to Barnsley um, as we're slowly wrapping things up. Um, I'm going to pass the mics over to you, but it feels a lot like um, Tony Mowbray at uh, Barnsley when he was very much under pressure. Um, Will Gates going to do the walk as well. Um, he's also under pressure as well with the win rate that he's on. Um, but I'm going to pass the mic over to you guys and let's break Barnsley down. Um yeah, so I was just sort of looking at the the team, um, who's in it, any names that we, we might know. Um, obviously, the one that sticks out mainly is, is Carly Woodrow. Wood, Woodrow sorry. Um, he actually got a 9.2 rating on who scored yesterday. He was, he was absolutely two, excellent. Was it two goals and an assist? I it think was, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's kind of key to, to their team. They've played quite a lot of formations um, this season, but they played um, a 4-3-1-2 yesterday. Um, or a four-one-two-one-two, um, and Collyrodo kind of dropped back a bit to where he normally plays, and he was playing almost like a camp position. Um, I think that was kind of key to to them winning. Whether they'll do it at home, I'm not too sure. Um, if it was more of a, a counter-attacking um, kind of way that they played at Fulham, um, but yeah, um, they've got uh, Ludwig. Um, Solbauer, uh, Halmer. I thought Mads who, Anderson would have been in there. Who are these players? Exactly. Yeah. I sound thought like pro Evo players. <laughs> yeah, I thought Mads Ads- Mads Anderson would have been in there. Um, he's quite likened to uh, Dale Fry, he's a young centre back, um, twenty two, who um, is tipped to kind of have a, a decent career. Um, sort of young, high potential player. Um, didn't play yesterday at Fulham. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of similarities that were drawn in midweek about about them too, um, and saying about um, you know that Mads Anderson gets a lot of flack and, and so does Fry, and that would they kind of still need that time to develop. But um, yeah, uh, Williams left back, and then they have Luke Thomas, Alex Moet, um, and Bearer in midfield. Uh, Carly Woodrow in a yeah, camp position, um, Jacob Brown and Connor Chaplin up front. So um, you know, like I said. A whole host of names that people might not know, uh, particularly in the kind of I relied on two or three players, um, and that's why they probably find themselves six or so points um, needed at the bottom of the table for them still. Um, but look, they've you know beat Fulham away from home three nil. Um, in some of the other games I've watched them this season, they've actually been pretty good. I think there's probably more of a defensive issue for them. I think they played Bristol City all earlier in the season and drew two all. Um, that was a sort of really good fighting spirit from them really in that game as well um, that I watched so I think it's going to be a very difficult game for us really um, looking at the form and you know we're not even at home I think of what we won just those two away games was it this season the West Brom mm-hmm. and um, Preston ones um, and with all these changes that we're saying we should make I don't necessarily think we're going to make them obviously some of them we can't because if Ayala's not fit it's not going to going to happen and if there's an injury with Clayton as well that we don't know about um, so yeah I'm not feeling quite optimistic for the game but yeah uh, what what stats do you have for us this I, week, to be know? fair I don't have that many um, I just have the, that we failed to win our last seven matches of course we're actually uh, 21st in the form table uh, Barnsley are 20th just above us um, that win against Fulham took them ahead of us uh, this weekend but uh, maybe a little bit of a jinx uh Start or certainly jinx uh, form against uh, Barnsley. They haven't won a single game against us in the last six. We've won. You need to stop doing these. (laughs) 
You need to stop. Like <laughs> I think this is what it is because since we came back, it's not just that the podcast is a curse since coming back from New Year. It's Dana's haunted. I stats. have, yeah, <laughs> my stats are cursed. <laughs> but we won five out of the last six. I'll just continue. <laughs> continue cursing it all. Um, drawn one. The last few fixtures have been uh, one nil win, three uh, one win, two two draw, four nil Borough. That was in two thousand fifteen. Um, two nil Borough. In same year and then 3-1 Borough after that uh, before that sorry um, looking at their top scorers Corley Woodrow like you mentioned um, a massive player for them he's got 13 goals this season Connor Chaplin behind him on 9 we currently have uh, our top scorer Ashley Fletcher on 8 Britta Sombolonga on 6 um, assists wise Jacob Brown has 8 um, Alex Moore has 7 Connor Chaplin has 4 we have Housen on five, Fletcher on five, and Tav on four. So, I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to say it now. I I can't see Borough keep a clean sheet against against Barnsley. Um, I actually can see them score on the first goal, and I think if that happens, it will become incredibly toxic. I just hope that that away end doesn't turn like it did uh, on Mowbray because I was part of that away end that, that day, and, and honestly, probably the worst scenes I've I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Fans turning on each other, fans turning on the manager, and obviously because the will be a good following dugout. as well. I imagine as well. It'll yeah, be, it'll, it'll be very, very toxic if Borough get beat on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a massive it's game. Getting toxic now on Twitter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I mean the booze that we heard yesterday. I mean to be fair, they were deserved for the for the performance, but but Barnsley will be will be well up for it. They'll be buoyant after that three one victory, three uh, 0 victory. Probably the the victory of of the season, I'd say, against Fulham, um, or one of them certainly. Um, yeah, I, I just can't. Will we win? I'm not sure. I, we won't keep clean sheet, I don't think. Yeah. I just can't see it happening. No, uh, I agree. Um, it's like you say, we when I kind of go on about this thing of um, regressing to the mean and, and when we had those four games, and even Woodgate was saying, you know, we're going to have another tough patch. I just didn't expect the tough patch to continue into these three games. It was kind of okay. We've. Um, we had the the FA Cup games, which I you know I thought we played. You, we didn't disrespect ourselves against Tottenham. Um, okay, some of the draws against Blackburn and Birmingham. You think, oh, okay, well, well now, you know, let's go and pick up the seven points at least from maybe these three games. Um, we'll be all right. We'll be safe. Um, we'll maybe nick another sort of two wins or something before the end of the season against certain certain teams. But now that we've been dragged back into it, um, and the teams above us, I think. The nearest hole, I think, the four or five points above yeah, us now. Yeah, there's a so little tiny gap between. So it's literally, I think, we are the um, the only team left in this crop now. So there's us, Charlton, Stoke, um, and then the bottom three. Yeah. Essentially, I think who are only going to Huddersfield, yeah, Huddersfield as well. Who are going to in that um, thing of going down? So, like you say, what is it? Six points now. We're off the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to. We need to start getting points back on the board because if Barnsley beat us, then I mean it's not dragging us closer to the relegation zone because they're they're bottom. Um, but it's just the confidence that it's it's. I mean we don't have much of it anyway, but it's just going to be like you say it's going to be toxic. And I don't know where then our wins are going to come from with Leeds and Forest. Probably them two that. games. <laughs> I honestly I won't be surprised that like we mentioned it earlier if we lose against Barnsley or beat Forest and Leeds. I think Bournemouth need both. Probably about five wins, five or six wins, and you'd be safe. As I mean, Luton yesterday, um, when beating us, they've now got more wins than us. Um, yeah, I was surprised when you mentioned nine, that. Nine today, wins, yeah. uh, they were unaware on eight. Obviously, they just haven't drew as many. So, <laughs> can't have it, but maybe he's got to get results. Um, so, in terms of results, what's your score predictions for Saturday? 2 1 Barnsley. 2 1 Barnsley. Yeah, I'm finding it hard to to be optimistic in, in the result. Um, I think, you know, we we need to win. Um, I can't see it, so if, you know, the best outcome could be a draw. Um, one all, I'm going to go for. So yeah, in my head I'm saying Barnsley win, but I'm going to go 2-1 Borough and be very optimistic because never optimistic. <laughs> um, but, I've been pessimistic in a while, but I think yeah. that's the first defeat I've said for... For ages, how much can you defend really gets to a point it, it, it's kind of funny how much it's changed because almost that Fulham game um, a few weeks back people were almost tipping us to, to go there and yeah, go to the can, can, we, yeah, can we get um, in the playoffs never yeah, going to happen um, and now it's kind of you know 
I mean, you, apart from um, you have just predicted a win there, but I don't think there'll be many predicting a win on, on Saturday for Borough. Well, so I'm going, mate. I have to. I, have to, I can't. I can't <laughs> go there. Predictors to get beat and watch us be awful and sit, sit in the concourse and look at TV from 2003 you know what I mean so yeah. <laughs> please report back and tell me what the TVs I'll, are I'll like I'll tell you the what the TVs are like I yeah. can't remember what they were like when I they'll be even like worse if you have the big back 2001 <laughs> ads yeah. if it takes if it takes lots of six blocks to put the TV up I'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> be uh, hanging off the ceiling yeah be hanging off the ceiling now just, just kick it in the corner I think it's too heavy <laughs> in the table so Tim's going to be able to hold it but that wraps things up guys um, thank you very much as always for joining me it's been a good little chat a good little rant um, being pretty negative but I think it's been a constructive negative podcast um, hashtag casual oh casual wingy podcast isn't it yeah we're going to call it today no wasn't it the casual borough breakdown oh casual borough breakdown something like that yeah casual Um <laughs> Anyway, that wraps things up. Uh, as always, guys, like, share, subscribe to the Board Breakdown channel. Give us five-star rating on um, Apple Podcasts. That helps us get charted, but also allows other Borough fans to find us. Um, but that's pretty much it. We'll get, it's got to do with the walk at Oakwell, um, like Morbury did many seasons ago when Middlesbrough under the cosh um, and before King Ito came back. Daniel's giving me a desk there from that. Um, I but that, br- <laughs> but that wraps things up. It's it's stick or twist. Borough have to win at Orkwell. Up the border breakdown. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the area. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 